So let's talk about 2019, what happened, and let's focus on 2020, what I think is going to happen and how you need to invest for the future. Let's get started. Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Speck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks, and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. Apologies for the delay in... uh... Posting these, I've been off with a cold and it's still sort of rasping around and I've been working, but I didn't want to sort of throw it out there at you. So let's get started with this. So 2019 has been fabulous. I'm not sure how your returns have been on the stocks or investments, but in my case, it's over 30% again, three years in a row. We'll see how it ends. Uh, We have another week to go or so before the year's over, but it looks like it's going to be uh, quite a good year. From a stock perspective, it's been a, you know, low and slow and hold, and and some of the home care uh, companies have done incredibly well, that I recommend and uh, that that I have done. Sorry, uh, remember, don't do any uh, changes to your investment unless you talk to your investment advisors first. But um, we've been very fortunate in in what's happening. On the real estate side, things continue to compress as far as being able to find deals. Uh, just got back from another trip to Nova Scotia where there's there still are some opportunities, but you can see that things are starting to compress as people look for yield and return on their investments. Now, when I when I listen to podcasts of other people who are in the um, real estate investment side, I hear a great deal about <clears throat> Toronto purchases that are negative cash flow and Hamilton now and St. Catharines. <clears throat> where people are recommending you purchase properties and just hold on because things will get better. Remember, there's no guarantees of that. There's no guarantee that anything's going to go up. The question is, is it making uh, cash for you today after all you have to put into it, including management and having money aside for when that furnace goes or whatever happens? So please make sure you think about that before you invest. Uh, so, so to summarize 2019, and we'll spend most of our time on next year 2019 was absolutely fantastic from an investment perspective the uh, buy and hold strategy continues to be effective but you need to be selective and look at what's happening to different companies and do they fit with your long-term plan so let's look at 2020 and, and my first pick for 2020 is invest in yourself that's right invest in yourself and I'm not talking about taking classes and spending money I'm talking about invest in one aspect that will probably be the most important factor in your investment success, and that is to be able to take action. Um, I heard a statistic the other day which was quite concerning. Many people take a lot of these online classes on how to invest in real estate, how to become a flipper and all this stuff. And something like only 10% or less actually ever buy anything. So when you think about that for a moment, it, it, it's similar to what happens this time of the year with uh, some health clubs where people sign up but have no intention of ever <clears throat> doing anything with it. They just feel like they're doing something by doing that sign-up process. So 
my my goal for you for 2020 is that you take action, even if you're only going to buy 100 shares of a company, or perhaps you're going to buy that first duplex that's next door that you've been looking at. You have to take that step. You can assess it. You can analyze it. And one thing I can tell you, in 2020, just like most years, doors open and doors close. So if there's an incredible opportunity sitting there in front of you uh, and you've done your due diligence, excuse me for coughing, <coughs> and you know that there still is some risk, but perhaps you've sort of, as I say, um, flipped the odds above a coin flip in your favor. And assuming that if it doesn't work out, it's not going to be the end, of your financial life for quite a while, then I suggest to you that you, you know, get all your information, but then at some point take that leap or take that initiative to take action. That is really what will define you and what will really help you in 2020 and beyond. With regard to specifics, I've, I've, and again, please consult with your advisors before you do any of these Probably the riskiest decision I made uh, as we close out 2019 going to 2020 was to invest significantly in a company called um, the DR.UN. They are medical services. They provide outpatient surgery. It's a Canadian company, but all their clinics are in the United States. Now, they got just destroyed uh, recently um, because of a bad purchase of a hospital that wasn't producing enough income and and so on. So they, they've really gotten beat up. Uh, their dividend still is around 5 or 6%, although they cut their dividend significantly from before. And the stock is languishing down in that 450 plus range, $4.50 range, whereas not too long ago it was, you know, $15 plus. So I think the value is there. I think it's going to be very risky. Uh, could drop to 3 $2, who knows. Uh, but it's outpatient treatment and services for seniors or aging, as I am, boomers who all seem to need new knee, knees and new hips and new shoulders and all of that, which can now be done laparoscopically and quite quickly in these types of clinics. So I think they're going to figure it out. I think their um, quarter and their final quarter, fourth quarter of the year, which is just going to be completed, is always their strongest. So there'll be a kick up probably for a while. So there's an opportunity to either you know, uh, take some profits or when it drops again, uh, purchase some more. I like a lot about this company. It's a long-term hold. So that's probably my riskiest. Um, <clears throat> I also loaded up on HOM.UN, BSR Real Estate Investment Trust. Again, it's a Canadian company that owns multi-unit family properties in the United States. Excuse me for coughing again. <coughs> but the issue you need to know is multi-units around the world, including Canada, are extremely expensive. It is, a, it is very difficult to get a, a, a reasonable price, whether it be a dividend or a cap rate, on a purchase. And we're seeing this all across the country. There used to be pockets, and I mentioned Nova Scotia initially. That is becoming very expensive, so I think you need to look at that. Um, home.un, H-O-M.un, uh, is a recently listed company, REIT, that is uh, fairly expensive. It, I believe its dividend is around 4% or so. But it um, it produces uh, income from multi-unit properties in the United States in warm climates, and it's going to be similar to um, uh, pure multifamily that I recommended. It has been bought up since then, no longer available publicly. 
I think this is another one of those stocks if you buy and hold and collect a dividend, probably within a year or two someone will take it, uh, whether that be a pension plan or someone, because everyone's looking for sort of boring, secure returns. Uh, interest rates in 2020, you may see a kick up as we continue to see uh, employment numbers drop in the states. Canada is very confusing. We have a small economy compared to most parts of the world. And because of what's happened in government, what's happening with with layoffs, just uh, today there was a decision to close a pulp and uh, paper factory in Pictou, Nova Scotia because of the environmental issues and the pollution. And we're going to see more of that across the country where people are being uh, displaced due to our carelessness with the environment. And if companies had taken their time to see this as an obligation, this wouldn't be happening. Uh, that company would have been <clears throat> outfitted with um, better pollution controls and we wouldn't have seen this problem. So we're going to see more of that, I think, in 2020. I'm not an investor in green energy outside of uh, solar that I've done personally. I just uh, think um, it, it's still a little too early and there, there doesn't seem to be the appetite for it yet. I think it's coming. And uh, uh, there aren't a lot of opportunities unless you're going to be putting uh, solar on something that you own and collecting that return. Um, with regard to other investments, I still think cash 10 to 15 percent is, is what I'll be doing in the new year to be able to take advantage of, of uh, market drops and also to continue to purchase as, uh, as stocks become available. With regard to real estate, there's been an interesting shift in uh in a great deal of the ability to purchase out there. We've noticed that in some uh, areas it becomes more economical to build as opposed to purchase existing. And if you look at the REITs, uh, Killam REIT is one example, a number of them, they're building um, extensively because they realize that, you know, the building is a better return for them. Despite the fact there seems to be a real problem finding labor today and that has to do with our low um, unemployment rate and also the fact that the skills trades aren't really promoted in most avenues in our schools or in our post-secondary institutions so we certainly have a problem with with um, you know, getting things built I was talking to someone yesterday and they they wanted to get a they're in an office building and they're they're asking for their washroom to be wheelchair accessible and it's going to take them, I think they said, six months to have that project completed. Very simple type of project. Uh, we did a project here at, at the house, and it took us, we had to get on a list 12 months to get a person to redo our bathroom. So there's a significant um, lack of um, opportunity for consumers to be able to access uh, building trades. And when you look at developers and builders, especially small ones as we are, it can become quite challenging. So the important point to remember is with with building um, something new being somewhat less than purchasing existing in some areas, it tells you that in some cases these properties are overvalued, uh, the existing properties. So you may want to look at that when you think of buying in any community, whether it be um, Hamilton or East Coast, West Coast. Existing properties continue to be highly overpriced. And there are a few pockets or there are a few opportunities that exist. And when you do see them, you need to be in the position, and I think we need, we all need to be in a position to take advantage of those opportunities because they don't come along very often. They're few and far between. So I'm going to uh, 
final topic is access to capital, which continues to be a significant issue for entrepreneurs that we work with, but also in our own investment life. Because as a real estate company, we obviously use a lot of capital to leverage and purchase and build. Uh, we're seeing rates sort of all over the map, and we're seeing um, different opportunities to access. One thing, I, uh, Fonz, one, one thing I've learned myself in, is that regardless of what it's sort of presented as, the majority of lenders use similar formats. So they will, you know, do a similar review, and, and they should, of background and, and ability to pay and all of those things. But unfortunately, many of these institutions strictly focus on a number as opposed to the person who is borrowing the funds. So it almost seems at times, regardless of your history, regardless of your your ethics, and that you've always paid, and you're you're you know you're a hard worker, and you have a good plan, and all of that, um, it still is difficult for many companies to raise capital today. And I think that's something that in 2020 we're going to see a, a shift. There's going to be opportunities emerge where, um, on the one hand, um, institutions will come forth. I know one uh, some time ago, First National created a separate. Uh, um, separate product for small business and people to be able to buy a, a home, even though they may not have, um, you know, T4 income that's easily verifiable. We're going to see more of that, where if banks and institutions want to become competitive and, and continue in this market, they're going to have to provide solutions for entrepreneurs and millennials and those of us old, older entrepreneurs who continue to um, love to st do startups and, and work and, and create jobs in our economy. So that's that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. How are the financial institutions going to, um, you know, handle that? What products are they going to provide? And how will technology or the private sector sort of step in to create different opportunities? There's going to be a pushback because, as some of you may know, there have been some issues with these funds out of Toronto and I believe there was a mortgage fund uh, perhaps in Waterloo that focused on student housing where a great deal was promised, but uh, the people who invested were left holding the bag. And these mortgages that supposedly were first mortgages that they were investing in uh, really seem suspect now that you look at it. So there probably will be more financial regulation on private lending, and, and that would be unfortunate if a few of these large organizations take out that opportunity for other uh, creative ways. Uh, and that's one of the things I'm, I'm going to be looking at as far as just in general, how to create more um, opportunities for entrepreneurs and those who want to get involved in real estate to be able to ethically access funding with total transparency so that, you know, it's very clear how that will look and work. So I, this is my last uh, podcast for 2019. Just want to wish you all we're listening. Have an amazing, amazing uh, final safe year. Um, share this. Get it out there. We need more people to listen. I haven't done a great job of pushing this because it's kind of been a, a way for me just to get some things off my mind. But uh, let's let's start and push this out there. Let's get many people listening and help educate people so that they can become, um, you know, feeling comfortable without paying any money to get this education and be able to invest in the new year. Um, one, a uh, couple of ideas, uh, make sure you uh, look at your TFSAs and your RSPs and decide how you're going to invest. Also look at how you can get your children involved in investing in education and investing. Um, if you have teenagers or older uh, children, look at that duplex idea where I talk about it in my book, where they can live in um, 
one half and rent out the other or rent out both and learn about property management and real estate investing. So again, um, that's it for this year. Talk soon. Have a great one. You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com. 